Yo fam, welcome to another edition of the Wale and Yemi Football Podcast. It's episode 10, right, Yemi? Yeah, 10 episodes. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, it's been a tough couple of days, but uh, as we always say in this our industry, the show must go on. Oh yeah, the show has to go on. The show has to go on. I mean, big shout out to uh, the days of early beginnings, right? Oh yes, oh yeah. yes, oh yes. You have to express some gratitude. Oh yes, <laughs> thankful. So thankful for and, and and they said movement is improvement. Oh yes, movement is improvement. <laughs> the only way is up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you might not catch the drift, but I mean, it's just between me and Yemi. Yeah. How, how did your weekend go? Um, yeah, besides United losing yesterday, mm. uh, and then me having to walk throughout Saturday, it was it was okay. But I really did enjoy the early kickoff on Saturday. It was a, it was a masterclass in. Oh yeah. In, in how to set up a team. I've never seen a, uh, an early kickoff so good yeah. in a while. Yeah, that was that was really good. I I spent most most of my weekend in church. Yeah, the church clocked forty. So big shout out to my church, by the way. So yeah, it's not meant fit for a church to clock forty. So. Oh no, it's not. Yeah. All right. Um. So um. Let's begin with um. Not with the madness from Europe. Then my. Dortmund disappointed <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I didn't remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Dortmund messed up big time. Oh. But I'm still going for them to win the title. <laughs> well, but, you but haven't changed your mind. Yeah, no, I'm chilling, man. Okay. But well, let's talk about um, one of the big stories, you know, on the Nigerian front or Nigerian football scene in the last couple of days. And that was um, Sporting Lagos, a club in the second division of League Football Nigeria called the Nigerian National League, sealing a partnership or basically its owner goes over to Denmark to the second division which is um, technically the third division Yeah, yeah. and purchases 55% majority stake of a club called Aros Fremat by the way I don't know if um, they jinxed it they lost over the weekend I kept my <laughs> <laughs> the club lost over the weekend but they are top of the second division but yeah, me, please you are the financial which, guy which club lost Arrows forever. Uh, but uh, Sporting also, I think they lost. I think they lost as well. Yeah, they went yeah. to, I think, Jabu United or something. So I think they both they jinxed it for each other. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, before we talk about the intricacies of, of that development, yeah, I mean, when someone purchases 55% of a property or 5% yeah. of a company, does it mean it's the owner? Yeah. Does it mean, or what does it really mean? Because I think that also was a conversation one of my colleagues was trying to you know, have over, over the weekend on Twitter. Okay, so um, in some cases, and in, in, like let me use the example of the Germans, they use the 50 plus 1 rule. 50 plus 1, yeah. So what they mean with the 50 plus 1 rule is that they ensure that the fans still own the club. So 50 plus 1 means there is nothing you can buy from the remaining 100% that will make you own the club. Mm-hmm. So in such structure, what that means is that you own majority shares. And once you own majority shares, you're as good as the owner. So your your voting rights is higher than those that own maybe five percent, two percent. But it also depends on the on the structure of the ownership. So some would own entirely, some will own through proxies. But in this case, I think they are owning fifty five percent as an entity. So they control more or less the uh, entire running and whatever of the club. The remaining forty-five percent will be left with other investors or other individuals. But more or less, you can say he owns the club. Yeah. But then he could then decide to mop up and pay for the remaining forty-five percent. 
that others will choose. Now own it entirely. So I'll give, I can give you another example. It's like in the days of uh, Brooklyn Nets, before they became Brooklyn Nets, when they were in New Jersey Nets, mm. um, Jay-Z used to be part owner. So he owned a part of it. Didn't mean he was the full owner. So there are different owners, but if you own the majority of the shares, you are called a majority owner. Now, so how huge is this for for Nigeria football? How big of a deal is this? It's a big deal because it means that, um, and 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 this is also uh, looking at other transactions that are similar. Uh, if you come from uh, Ramostas as Kulishuname yeah, and only Farenze, yeah. uh, there's another lady who it, was. Wait, wait, in, is it Farenze or Ferenze? It's Ferenze. It's Ferenze. No, it's actually it's Ferenze. Ferenze. Okay, so, yeah, it's, I think so it's Ferenze. Ferenze. Yeah. Uh, there's another lady that owns an academy in Abuja, who owns a club in Portugal as well. Uh, there's a, a, a Dozi, who's trying to buy Sheffield United. I think he's dead in the water. Yeah. So, it's a big deal for Nigeria for But my only take from this is this. Whilst we're exporting ownership from Nigeria, whilst we're seeking to conquer territories by expanding the football industry, we should not let net growing the domestic industry and in great the domestic industry yeah, I mean, do you, do you think I, I think you're a bit harsh the reason I, I think you've been harsh is if we look at the precedent like you mentioned coalition amends Remo stars and friends what we've seen the last couple of years is that there's always been a a channel that takes talents from Remo stars to Portugal not even only to that club yeah of course but to Portugal I mean, organic at the point in time, I think probably was maybe the pioneer. Yeah. In a couple of them, there's a player called Robinho. But we've seen players make that move, make that leap from Remo Stars over to the Portuguese Super League. And I think that's what Sporting Lagos. So if you think that, if you're saying that they should not like it, I think that the owner, that Shola, uh, the Paystar guy, mm. by the way, in case you don't know, the owner of Sporting Lagos owns Paystar, yeah. which is a popular uh, payment, payment platform. platform and, you know. yeah. So, I think that they've also put it in mind that hey, this can also be a platform for us to also funnel our talent yes. from Sporting Lagos yes. over to Denmark. Yeah, well, it, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is it's good, yeah. it's fine and dandy to own or be part owner or majority owner of a foreign club. But note that don't forget that you need to also invest in the, in the domestic system. And Kuresura is a very fantastic example. Yeah. We can see the amount of investment he has put into Remostars. Look at the facility that they have. They have an all-encompassing facility, number of pitches, a good state. I, I, I mean, but state there's of, also a bit of yeah. peculiarity to Shonamai. It's in Ogo State. doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. See, I mean, with Lagos, it's a bit tricky. How is it tricky? I mean, do you think Sporting Lagos have not set designs to also probably have a structure of theirs? I wouldn't the know. Of theirs? I wouldn't know. I believe, I've been talking to you know, a couple of people around the club, yeah, they've been trying. I mean, look at Vandreza, who moved to Lagos for a while. I think <laughs> I they've moved back, back again. Moved back. But they tried to also get structured, and it has been very, very difficult. At the point I was hearing that there's somebody in Oshodi, a space they were looking to set up. But yeah. it has. See, because there are a lot of bottlenecks. I understand. That you have I understand. To navigate. You see, the Kunasunami model is a fantastic model. Fantastic model in the sense that he went and bought or was given or whatever a huge parcel of land expanse of land in Remo, in Kenya there are some parts of Lagos that I'm sure you can get 
that size of land. Not maybe not as big as what he has, but something a bit commensurate. And you can I know the approval process in Lagos might be a bit hellish. The amount of money you will pay to get approvals in Lagos might be a bit crazy. But it's not a it is not a a, a plan that would happen overnight. Even tsunami that we're talking about, it took some time. Yeah. For him to finally get to this point. So we need to start seeing that move. And what I'm also saying is that whilst we're also owning foreign clubs, let's also embrace best practices across board. Regulations are very clear. Let's embrace best practices in welfare, in, in, in transfers, in arrangement of deals, you know, in a, in a wide spectrum of the football ecosystem. You, you, make, you, make, you make valid points. But once again, I want to use the word peculiar. Now, I'm not saying that we, because we are peculiar, we shouldn't, you know, use word. But I'm only saying that let us crawl before we walk. Okay. And maybe let's see this process we are in right now as a crawling process. We will get there. At a point in time, nobody thought that we're going to use TMS. <laughs> but guess what? NPFL teams, clubs are now using the TMS. That's the yeah, transfer management, transfer system. management system. And that helps us track transfers. Although maybe the public are not still, you know, uh, in fact, I don't think it's for public consumption. Mm. It's just only for people in, in, in that spectrum. So we will get there. In terms of contract, we will get there. In terms of the IMCOs are the point that I was saying that, see, if you can't pay your club, your players from about 150,000, then don't bother even coming to the NPFL. Guess what? In this club, in this NPFL, I know players who earn 3 million every month. Oh, yes. I know players who earn 1 million every month. I would never dream of earning such. So I think that we are getting there. But there are still, you know, improvements we definitely have to make. But this is a big, it's a big thumbs up. It's opponent. a big step. A big but, but Yari, don't you think that it's, it can set a trend of maybe investors in the country who have never fancied football. Say, hey, Shonam is making a killing at Remus Stars and, and Portugal. This guy's about to about, you know, go on that journey. You like it or not, Denmark is also another fertile ground to be a launch pad for you to get, maybe not to the Premier League, but it can be a launch pad to another level mm. before you unlock the highest level. Mm. Mohamed Kudus at Ajax was at North Zealand. North Zealand is a club in Denmark. He came from an academy in Ghana. Mm. So maybe it might just be a way that, okay, Dose will look at, okay, if I can't buy Sheffield, how about Let I come down here? Oh, yes. How about I come down here, set up, and look at other clubs somewhere in Europe, maybe Denmark, maybe Belgium, and we can, we, we can go from there. Yeah, so the, the, the process is very clear, and the, the blueprint has more or less been laid. Yeah. Like the likes of Tsunami and now uh, the guy from Pinstax, what's in Lagos. So I, I think the, the pathway is very clear. It's just that uh, for Dozi, he had to deal with a much more stringent uh, set of people. That's the EFL. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, you I, know, look, that, I, look at, that, I look at the director's test, the owners and directors. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God, that thing is strange. Whilst, whilst, whilst they failed a lot of times in some of their whatever, so you can understand why they're giving him such a and I don't know time. why they were so particular about this Dozi guy probably because he raised a lot of eyebrows well, where he was coming to, from proud to that competition I had the head of the guy before so they had issues with, with that the guy had been on CNN I thought okay well, 
maybe it was for real, but when I also dug deep, there were question marks. Of course. Question marks he even couldn't really convincingly, you know, give answers to. And I even hear the Premier League itself have upgraded their own owners and Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which is why some of the issues related to Manchester United are cropping yeah. up, you know. So, uh, the blueprint has been set and I, and I believe that it gives a lot of opportunities. So, a lot of club owners in Nigeria too can also look at it and say, look, this allows us to, to export our players easy, easily. And uh, we, like I said, I just hope it has a ripple effect for us on the domestic scene. All right. Um, so, big shout out to Sporting Lagos, who are also doing a lot of, uh, you know, awareness. I think they, they are set up really well. But you just get a feeling that maybe the fans will probably see, hey, all due respect, <laughs> they seem artificial. But see, I'll take it. I'll take it. If you can even convince the whole of this stack and your corporate uh, friends to come, maybe that's it's a step. That's a new set of fans. We, I yeah. mean, they are also cultivating, it's and they are paying. Crucial. Yeah, they are paying fans. Yeah, I think they are. They also have stakes. In, yeah, they have uh, members. Mem- member scheme. Member scheme. So yeah. that's that's really good. That's really good. Nobody is doing that. So it's Definitely. a step. It's a step. All right. Um, before we leave the, the local scene. What do you make of insurance? On Bitten 11? Man, that, it seems like the real deal, <laughs> I have to say. You know, you know my, my problem with insurance is this doesn't you with it. Because there's, there's another level. There's another league, <laughs> league after this. <laughs> and I think history has shown that being the front runner in the league face so doesn't guarantee it. Doesn't guarantee. Yeah. That's my worry for them. But I mean, when you go to places like Josh and. And you get the point. Yeah, yeah. I need to doff my hat for Monday with you DJ. To, you need to point, you need to just, I need to Abba. Yeah. You know, almost back to back, back, back to back. Wiggins. Yeah. And we give Imade a lot of credit. Oh, forget the manager, who is also yeah. an experienced guy around town. Yeah. Monday with DJ. He's doing a fantastic job. That's, uh, like I said, they're looking more and more like the real deal. Um, which, I guess we just wait till the real. By the way, have, have, you, have you heard that um, Calf also is. Talk around. about the Super League. That thing, eh, Wale. Anybody involved? I don't. I see you. Anybody involved because they won't have Champions League. Uh, I mean, when my children are not <laughs> even born. Okay, fine. They are still young. They are still young. So is that the basis for their superness in court? Let me tell you, in case of Aimba, you know, it's going to be hard for Africa to have anything that doesn't involve Nigeria. Oh, That's yeah. why Aimba is yeah. there. That's only that's the only reason about it. It will have to have any composition on that. But at the same time, I fault the entire composition, the entire thought process of putting together that Super League. I fault it. Because it's an importation of the European Super League that they fought against. Mm, and I'm talking yeah. FIFA now. And we all know that FIFA has more or less colonized calf. So now you're importing that idea here. Why not that funding you are looking to pump into the African Super League? Why not put in your calf, calf, calf competition and calf champions? Yeah, but calf also will tell you that they have increased the price money no. for to that money into that. There's no point creating another competition. Why? Why? Why are you doing that? And I do know that this competition is going to still suffer from the same thing the other two competitions suffer from. So the entire thought process itself is just, just funny. All right. Over the weekend also, 
I understand that some people came to inspect. So. <laughs> now only is the joke of the year. It's the joke of they the year. They want to co-host Afcon 2025 with Benin Republic. Uh, but I also I also understand that Algeria are also calling for the rights. She, just give it to Algeria. Just give it to Algeria. Just move on. Because Algeria just showed us a chance. Oh yeah. That they are ready. We are not ready. They we have cannot. The they have to structure everything. They have the pitches. Yes. Just send it to Algeria. We don't have. So, this country doesn't need. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, me. In all of this, because see, I've been a firm critic of this whole Austin tournament. But maybe they are supposed to. Not positive, really. Yeah, me. It means that we'll probably improve on our infrastructure. Uh, okay, so uh, sorry to cut you short. You improve on your infrastructure yeah. in the space of two, three years? Yes. Then what happens after? You fail, to, you, fail to, you fail to maintain it. We maintain it. No, we fail to. Wale, yeah, man, history. We've forgotten that we also have a new government coming into play. Wale, even at that, we have seen. New government doesn't mean that you change your behavior now. Let's go back in time. We're supposed to host World Youth Championships in 1995. We lost it because we we're not ready to Qatar. Qatar, we're ready to. Host but we recovered it. in 99. We recovered it in 99. Now, one of such stadia. It's the that national stadium that we pass through every mm. time. Wait now. Well, yeah, I mean, wait, wait. After that, we hosted Ghana Nigeria 2000. Yeah. Still use that same. And a host of other stadiums. Hosted with Ghana. That went, we hosted uh, 2009. Yeah. On the 17th. On the 17th. Yeah. Since that time. No, even why am I? No, I, I, I jumped. We hosted uh, Koja. Oh, two thousand and Africa games. Yeah. 2003. And look at in that time frame. In that time frame, we have failed to maintain. We and in, at each time we've tried to upgrade this stadium. At each time. Let me let's talk about that first thing. Before 1999. Yeah. That stadium was built when? Uh, it was built for 1973 All Africa Games. So did we maintain it from 73 to 99? That's what I'm saying. Yes, we did. Uh, okay. We? okay, so we did because because between, trust me, now, between the world came to Sulere in 1999, yeah. enjoyed the main bowl, yeah. enjoyed the practice pitch of the NIS, all were in good condition. Yes, same also happened a year later when we hosted the AFCON. Uh -huh. So, what could have happened since then and now? It was just a sh so if we could maintain it from 73 till 2000. To 2000 uh -huh. So, what could have happened to you? We were a more responsible country at that time. Now we are not responsible. So, we can we can get back to being responsible. No, we can't. The Gospel of the in when it was built, there was a contract that was signed with Jesus Berger to maintain it, I think, five years or ten years later. Yeah, but so we can sensible, people like don't, sensible people don't sign contracts to maintain it for five years. You sign longer term contracts. But at least they've done something. Mm. Let me, like I said, and that's the job. What's happening at that stadium now? Your pitch might be in shambles, but the structure, the structure, uh, the structure, the, the structure, environment is still in fantastic condition. But that stadium is also very dirty. Very dirty. I'm not encouraging. Even on match days, it's dirty. I'm not encouraging dirt. All of that, there are minute details. Uh, but the structure. But, look, but, but nobody thought about it when they were signing that agreement to also ensure that. The look and feel of the entire stadium is put into consideration. We got to back this at that stadium, and the whole place is dirty, dusty. You can't sit properly. Come on. Now. Yeah, I mean, these are minor, minor issues. Yeah, honestly, I think there are minor issues that we cannot always fix. But 
I think that they, we should be able to find some merit in us no. hosting tournaments. No. But I just feel it's like Paris, it's a country that needs to that needs that needs to focus on more things. Yes. Right. But also remember, hosting a tournament as well as Afcon can also bring us back to the spotlight, mm-hmm. PR wise. Mm-hmm. Bring us back in, you know into the the old conversation of being. Go and win. Go and win the next Afcon. We won't qualify first. We are Okay, I hear you. you don't lose that. God help you. Hey, let's get to the Premier League. And I mean, what a weekend! What a weekend! What a weekend! Ah. Manager casualty number 12. Number 12. The 12 and 13 now. Is it 12 and 13? Two managers, it was 11 before now. No, it's, no. Ah, it's 12 now. It's 12. It's 12. Rogers and. Uh... Porter. Rogers. Lampard. Even Sabi, everything. <laughs> uh, Nathan Jones. Eh? Uh, Honestine. Who else has had uh, their coach? Uh, what's this guy's name? Scott Parker. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Marsh. Who has done sack again? Uh, okay, Thomas Tuko. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's oh, it's 12. It's actually 12. Mm-hmm, it's, 12. 12. Mm-hmm. it's 12. It's 12. Yeah. But now I thought that the two will sack on the same thing. Yeah, but but <clears throat> I thought the sack for Brendan Reyes was always coming. Yeah, it was always coming. It was always coming. And the manner. Let's even start with it. The manner of in which they lost that game to Crystal Palace. I think last kick of the game. Yeah. Mateta scores. Your Mateta. Very good. Very good goal, by the way. Yeah. Scores two. This is my Mateta. Yeah. <laughs> and there is no way Rogers is holding on to that job after that loss. No, no way. To so a Crystal Palace who also brought in Roy Hudson to do we call it a rescue mission? Because they were, I don't think they were ever in danger. You know. I don't understand. But at least Steve Parrish, the guy who runs the club. He's telling you guys on your face. I was right for Saki Patrick <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, but at the same time, there was no guarantees that if Fiera was in charge, they would defeat Leicester. There's no guarantee. And then that's where the angle of new manager bounce comes into effect. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh imagine Bridge starting that game and running strings in the first half and, and all that. But uh to Brenda Rogers, you know, there just comes a time when I think managers also need to realize that, you know, I'm getting to that point where I can't change the situation. Nothing is going to change. Uh, I, I think managers have gotten so comfortable with waiting to get fired because of the com- potential compensation that will come that way. Yeah. But I do think that for the greater good, managers should be able to have that conversation with themselves. And I'm talking Rogers and I'm talking Porter at the same time. I mean, you know what's involved when the club sacks you. I know. No matter what the conversation that, you have with yourself, no, the will tell you, it's better I get the axe. If I'm unable to do a job, I should be able to tell myself the truth to say, look. But then some will say it's a defeatist mentality. Yeah. That you should believe that you will ride the tide and you will get the team out of the whatever rocks that they are in. But. But maybe Rogers also rode the tide because of our, for a brief period, they were in a good moment. I think Rogers was just unlucky. Because just before the World Cup, they they found some good form. Yeah, and the World Cup came, came yeah, and then yeah. you know they lost track. True. Then another time they seemed to pick up again. Then they lost. I think yeah, they got they, 
They defeated uh, Everton and Spurs. Why don't a good strike? Yeah, before you know, they now played United yeah. and then boom, they lost from again. So, uh, you, I think, I think for Rogers, I think it was very lucky timing of the loss of form for them uh, after the World Cup and before the World Cup, after the World Cup, uh, injuries to James Madison. Oh yeah, and critically, the way Wesley Fofana, the way and the time Wesley Fofana eventually left. Their inability to reinvest that money, because what what I understand is that the owners reinvest in reinvest in players, but they reinvested in the facilities, and of course they also needed money for their issues that they had. I think they FFP, I think they, they yeah. also did it with FFP. They wanted to balance their books, but I thought he didn't get enough support as far as recruiting I, I, or refurbishing. Or the energizers one. I, I think he got support him. late, and yeah. that was in January window. Yeah, I mean, who did they bring in? They brought in Tete. Wood Fires. I mean, I'm talking about the, the summer. Mm-hmm. It was the only person they brought yeah, in. Yeah, it was the only person they brought yeah. in. But in January, I thought by that time it was late. They brought in Arisuta. They brought in Tete. Christensen. They brought in Christensen. So, hey, I think it was late by the time they finally tried to make those additions. And the 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 lack of realization that maybe James Vardy is uh, James Vardy is at is at the end of his career. The inability of the likes of uh, uh, Dakar to pick up the slack. Yeah, uh, he to, to do it consistently. consistently. Yeah, injuries in midfield to Indidi. Um, so I think Rogers was largely unlucky. So. Basically, they are back in the relegation zone. Nineteenth, yeah, at the moment. Ten games to go. It's funny how every week we review that. Yeah, relegation zone. See, trust me, I've told you that last game of the season, <laughs> West Ham and Leicester. Uh, Everton, Bournemouth. Everton, those two games. <laughs> I now hope that we can also top it up. We probably also two points or one point out of City, and we have. It will be a very very interesting weekend to look forward to. But, but yeah, I mean, let, let's. Let's sum up Rogers' time at Leicester. I think he spent four years. Yeah. In those four years, they did two European campaigns. In the whole history of the club, they only did six. Yeah. And he's done two out of those six. Europa Conference League, I think, um, semi-final last season. They won the... No, okay, they didn't win the Premier League. <laughs> but, but how will you... How do you see his style? I think it's been a success. I mean, no, that's why things are ending this way. It's been a successful... Four years from Leicester. Okay, so I, I think the problem with, with Leicester is the same problem that a lot of smaller teams face. You know, seeking to get to that next level. Yeah. So it seems to be the problem when you somewhat kind of overachieved. So at the point where they got that FA Cup win, it was like, okay, we were quote unquote ready to take that next step to the next level and probably be able to compete. Now, in two of the seasons that you mentioned, they were in the Champions League equation. They were in the top four. Yeah. But then, subsequently, they fell out and they lost that position. I think it's been a relatively successful period for him. He's done pretty well at Leicester. But I think Leicester's inability to regenerate, you know, to re-energize the squad has been their thing. And this is what has happened over, the ta- over time. Even before Ranieri finally got that, you know, Cinderella run to win the title, They've been unable to get the team going, you know, refresh the side. And it'll be interesting to see who who, who gets the job mm. next. Yeah. And if they're able to survive in the Premier League. Anyways, I was, I was reading from a Leicester reporter over the weekend and 
He was saying that, I mean, the owner, I was um, Stephen Proper, has taken his decision with her yet. And there's the honest assessment around the club that, see, we let you down. We didn't give you enough funds because of our constraints with FFP. FFP, but, they had COVID issues. We don't, expect us, we, don't expect, we don't expect the club, they are open the players to be angry by thread. Yeah. That's why we're sacking it. We know that we've played our part here. But we just get a feeling that how about you just over us around mid table? We'll be fine. Maybe next season we can, you know, do something else about 19th. Then you have to sack the manager. <laughs> you are I'm sacking the manager. That's you the have, to, you have, have to, to fire the manager. Yeah, it's a shame, but uh, it's the life of um, a manager. Yeah. The life of a manager. It's an endangered, uh, endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, let's talk about the other endangered species. Oh my god, this one should have gone since. Graham Potter. It's have gone since. Why should they have gone since when he only spent seven months as manager? Well, he should have gone in month or month three, not seven months. Yeah, yeah, well, it's seven wins in seven months. So, a win, a month. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven home games, he lost four. Jose Mourinho had over 100 uh, home games, lost five. Potter has the worst win ratio of any Chelsea man in history in yeah, after 20 games. 36% or something like He's that. He's averaging 1.27 points. Uh-huh. They well, joined worse. That was Glenn Hoddle. And that was after 20 games. Yes, and that's when Chelsea were not Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And you know what makes it really baffling? Is how the manager himself <laughs> doesn't realise that this really makes for bad reading. No, you see. I mean, he keeps on well, it, spinning the positive <laughs> and like... You know, after the Villa game, he said he was expected that they won the game on expected goals. Wait, now that's what I was going to. The guy said, "McGinn, you know me, I have problem with things." <laughs> so imagine me here, a manager that just lost the match, coaching energy for a player. So bad. I've said, I think I said a few episodes ago on this podcast that he talks like a pundit. You have the manager for crying out loud. Either own it. Yeah. Or throw somebody down, down you know, under the bus. You know? But this guy just talks, says, you know, uh, ordinarily McGinn's XG, so and so, so you really expect that he score that kind of goal. Okay. Let's look at some of the tactical choices. And I've always said it that, you know, first, I've said it before that this job, Passan. Oh, yeah. From yeah. the get go. We, 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 we agree yeah. with that. He took a huge leap. Now, I won't be surprised. If he ends up in a team like Leicester, and then he finds him. But, critical start, Wale. Yeah. In three of the seasons, that, in the three seasons that he was at Brighton, he finished 16th, 17th, and 9th. You hear me? But you know also what that subscribes to? What that means? What that also means is that maybe, on the flip side, you should have been given more time. No. You know why? Not at Chelsea. You know why? Not at Chelsea. See, I know big clubs don't give chance, yeah. but for an owner that has preached the gospel of long term, oh. long termism. No, you know what I mean? Let me tell you, you where the look at, look at their. Look I at get their your business. point. I get your their point. Their business. What's the idea behind? Long term. It's long termism. But when you man realize, I'm sure this is what tip, tip the skills. When you realize that, come, you mean if we don't make it into Europe, we're going to have issues with FFP. Which of the Europe? Does any, he... any, no, no. Any first of, of all, any of the Europe is not anything. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm sure the moment if they realize that they're going to have FP, FP issues if they don't make champions, let me, let me narrow it down to Champions League. He must have said, wow. 
oh, this is actually worse than I thought. So you mean because of all that money we spent, you're going to have issues if you don't ah. Are you sure we shouldn't get rid of this guy now? I'm sure that's where they feel, that's where they, they, they got that urge to finally get rid of him. And look, as a manager, I was going to talk about the tactical decisions that he made. Look at the game against Villa. You played two full backs or two wing backs as part of your centre back. And you had the centre back. Yeah, uh, he's like well, as a left back, as a left centre back. Yeah, he did it once. He walked. No, he didn't even walk, man. The game first time he didn't walk. They drew that game. The game against Everton. He now played with James as well. At the right side, the right side uh, centre back. And played uh, Kulibani. Then you played Lotus Cheek as your wide man, as your wing back. It was always not going to work. And I've always said that that faith in Kayavas was always going to come back to you. Hear me? Wherever they are put, so I, I think that you are insulated. Okay, why don't you open me up? See, Obama is out of water. That guy's gone. That guy never feel at Chelsea. The fact that Todd Bully signed him and the next month brings another manager. You see, it just makes the old Obama thing dead in the water. But for all of their spending spree, how Todd Bully didn't recognize the fact that they had a striker. Yeah, they had a problem. Yeah, I mean, they've tried and a they signed for Fana as well. He hasn't worked they out. They signed for Fana as well, as young for Fana. I'm not sure that guy is ready for the step up. Just like you said, Porter is ready for the step up. They are like, I don't think he just made that step up. I'm still coming back to the step up thing because we're making it look like, or maybe even this guy like, can't you make a leap from obscurity to to the zenith and you, one, you keep it up there? One out of. Uh, one out of one million. I can use a I can let's, use a bank term. Yeah, let, let's look at this guy's trajectory. He started from the ninth tier of English football. Yes. Went to Sweden. Found the Ostersons. Ostersons. Yeah. Swansea. Uh, did Brighton. Did Chelsea. I noticed that the reason why he did Swansea was because of the Swedish team's performance against Arsenal. Yeah. In the Europa, in the Europa League. League. Yeah. And then he went to Swansea. He didn't do. He see, look. What? Potter. Enjoyed, he's very good PR. He's an English manager, young, progressive, forward thinking. Forward thinking. That's the PR. And unfortunately, Chelsea are the unfortunate recipients of eating that PR live. Because really, why they fight? No, I also think I think show? I think that Potter was lucky to also get an owner who was thinking the way Potter was thinking. See, Tuko wanted to be involved, right? Potter was saying, see, go and do everything you want to do. I'm just going to manage the club. Uh, so I think it just, that was what... And then I bought him all kinds of players. And remember, all the other managers were shortlisted for that job then. I'm not sure Potter was very much interested because those got the control freaks. They would yeah. have wanted to be in proper charge of the club. But Potter was like, see, I already have my staff that you already bring on. They will help me, you just go do the recruitment. You know, but I also wanted us to talk about um, the iron fire nature. See, <laughs> Robert Nebremovich don't even fire two managers in a season. <laughs> and what this also means, I don't know if it is a bad thing, but it's a clear admission from failure now that he got it wrong. Yeah, of course, no doubt, he got it wrong after seven months. Uh, why did you fire? Just one match away from home, you're yeah, Dana Musa. Uh-huh. But still, you now decide to take this route and you stayed with this route for several months. If you knew this was the way, 
You should have just stayed and died on that cross and waited till the end of the season. Because as it is, I don't know any right thinking manager that will take that job now. Because look at it, let's look at it this way. They have Nkuku coming in the summer. They have uh, the young Brazilian who they sent out on loan. He's probably going to come back in the summer. Yeah, if he gets his work permit, though. Yeah. They, they signed a, I think they signed a lot of defender. They signed a defender who's coming back, who's coming in the summer. Now, you're going to look at the manager who, at this time, can't come in and put that team together. He's going to have to wait till the summer. I think they're going to get an interim. That's, I think, they asked, uh, one of their... Uh, so I'm saying, I don't think any of all the people they listed, I don't think any of them is going to take that job yeah, I mean, But does it make sense, Julian Agusman? I really his favorite. I don't know if this job is cut off. He's PR. Well, you know, some of these no, women sometimes. Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann is not PR. Nagelsmann is the real deal. Uh, la, I think the last episode, we talked about what this boy has done. Oh, sorry for calling him a boy. <laughs> but he's still a boy in... In, in this, Yeah, terms, exactly. Yeah. Started at 28, off time, and we saw the work he did. Off time, went to Leipzig, we saw the work. In fact, I told you last week that the evidence of the work shows that anytime he leaves these, <laughs> these clubs, they are always in bad shape. So we can't say Nagosman is bad. Bad is bad. Bad is bad. Bad is bad. Bad is bad. Maybe they'll be bad shape if they don't win the league. But, you know, and, and credit to Tuchel, I will come back to that later. He gave Nagosman a lot of credit. You know, after that, willing yeah. to stop more. But I just feel this job is not cut out for Nagosman. He's not. That's what I'm saying. Is the Chelsea are just looking for another supposed PR move? This is the time where they need to ask themselves, look. With the collection of players that we have that were signed, the guys that we have coming through injury, and those that will come in the summer, we need to have a manager that is ready to work with what we have, knowing that there's likely no Europe, there's likely no money, extra money to be spent, because I don't think after spending 600 million pounds, they will be looking to get another splash mm. in the market. So the thinking has to be very clear. Who are the kind? Who is the kind of manager we want to go for? Is it Nagelsmann? Is it Pochettino? Is it Luis Enrique? Is it whoever? But it has to be someone who is ready to take off in the summer, not in man. They can't fix it now. Nagelsmann is just a function of this is the flavor of the month. Somebody buying just fired. So he's the most prominent name on the list, yeah. only on the basis that. Ban just fired him. I, I think I think that before they also bring the new manager, maybe the new manager will help them with that, but I think they should do that. A lot of cleansing has to be done in house. Proper. It's a, it's a bloated squad. Oh, yes. And that didn't also help Graham Potter, by the way. Uh, that didn't help. Yes and no. At the same time, yes and no. And and that's what somebody was saying this morning that that selection against Zilla was a clear indication of I have too many players, I don't know what to do with them. Yeah! <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Simple. It's a bloated squad. There are talented players there in, in there. Oh, no doubt. That and that's why managers like Jose Mourinho, managers like Antonio Conte, we go into the season with just twenty players. These are my lieutenants for the season. So know your place. If you yeah. don't, if you don't make this twenty, bye see, bye bye. If you are content with waiting for a chance, then it's fine. But this guy has about uh, 28, 30 players. <laughs> I just want to imagine what's going on his uh, going on his head. During training, because everybody's pushing for a place. Well, anyways, um, I don't think you feel aggrieved that well, you're sacked, right? I feel aggrieved. 
Where is Moses? That he wasn't here enough time. No, no, no. You should go and sit down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, in the midst of this domestic chaos that he had, he didn't win the Champions League. Uh, they left him win the Champions League. Well, he lost his qualifying on Champions League. So what else? And he's qualified in convincing Now your daughter won't cause, cause, cause this nonsense. <laughs> Alright, maybe Grandpa that's lesser, that would make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> that would make more sense. It would make more sense because, but then, it would only make more sense if they're able to survive. But, anyways, but why is it that all these guys that are in that situation yeah. are not calling on my guy? Big Sam. Why is nobody looking at Big Sam? Uh, Big Sam to do the respiration. Uh, Big Sam is a is a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> I think Big Sam is a blast. Everybody wants forty people. Hey, Royals is not a blast from the past. Yeah, but my Royals was still in football as at um, last season. Was that? Nobody yeah. wants to touch Sam. Yeah, I think it think what has to do with that issue that he had when he was the manager. Team? Yeah, I also think that they feel like Big Sam hasn't been involved in a long time. He hasn't been involved in a long time, and so maybe there's a bit of rust. And all these uh, progressive thinking managers, and I need to do all of them. Yeah, maybe a bit of rust. No, so the uh, championship cycle have also snapped him up. Yeah, so all of them want to be progressive. Anyways, they, are, they started playing from the back in the championship. I know, so. <laughs> hey, now let's talk about, let's talk about Man City, shall we? Ah, Man City, I don't know. Fantastic. How good were Man City on Saturday afternoon? Very good. That's probably their best game. Best performance. Yeah, Pep said it was, it was one of the best performances yeah. in his time at City. That's yeah. that's huge. Huge praise. Yeah, that's huge and praise. What makes it particularly interesting, and people need to people need to understand Pep. I know sometimes when you are as successful as he is, there's a there's a tendency sometimes to overthink. Like people call it overthinking, or overthink or thinking too much, or overly making adjustments with your team. But this one, you could see the plan. We went three at the back, so obviously it was going to look to isolate and ensure he had one spare mm. defender. And then played John Stones in midfield. Alongside? Alongside Rodri. And the idea behind that is that he knew that it was going to be Konegako that was playing as the number nine, quote yeah. unquote. He was always going to be dropping into the space. And when he drops into the space, John Stones will be there to take care of him. Secondly, he played without wing backs. Yeah. His wingers were the wing backs. Yeah. And what that does or what that did was to eliminate Trenza Alexander and, and Robertson. And Robertson. I can't remember those two coming forward yeah. throughout the game. Because they're also occupied with Marius. With Grealish. And it was just excellent. And then people, like I said, people need to be patient with Pep at times when he puts those plans in place. Because once Liverpool scored first. A lot of groups are here say, ah, this Pep don't think too much. He don't go over think this thing. Yeah, but it's only when he walks out we praise Pep now. Oh, yeah, we have to praise him. He plays Champions League for the defensive is there. But, yeah, but this one, it took a lot of guts for him to decide to play this way. Yeah, I mean, but actually, this system of... People just didn't notice. We saw it. He did this against Liverpool in the first leg. They lost. He didn't have stones in, I think, in midfield. Yeah. Uh-huh. But in, so what he has done is that if he doesn't have stone, the last time he probably put Rico Lewis in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's done, he's done it. Um, yeah, and he negated that idea of having full bags that come into this. Exactly. Yeah. So it was it was what they call the three box three. Yeah. So if you look at the setup, it was like a box. They just boxed Liverpool players in, in the midfield. In the midfield. Yeah. That's what he did. And and it was really, really refreshing to see City play that way. And 
what I also realized level of control yeah, that they have. I, I, what I realized is that because of Haaland, a lot of us have developed what is I think it's a medical term. We call it a inattentional blindness. <laughs> you know what that is? <laughs> now I when I came across that term. I, I checked it out and I was subjected to a test. It's a high test. It's a, <laughs> they call it a moonwalking test. So the moonwalking test on YouTube is a popular one. It was done as a campaign for cyclists to protect cyclists while driving. That please, when you are driving, always notice, be careful about the cyclists who are on their lane. Okay. Now, what's the moonwalk test about? It's a group of people passing the basketball to each other. Now, at the end of the exercise, like lasted about 10 seconds, the question comes, how many passes were made? I lost count. There were just 13 passes. And it looked like 25. Now, the next thing was that, did you notice a beer doing the moonwalk in that passing sequence? I didn't know. Until they replayed it again, and I saw the moonwalk, the beer doing the moonwalk while these players were passing the basketball to each other. So basically, you are not paying attention. Because of one, something else that you want to see. Hmm. So because we've been ma- looking at Haaland, we have been inattentional to seeing how the supply line to Haaland has been functioning. So with that Haaland, we now came to our forefront. Mm-hmm. KDB, Ikegundogan. And uh, the young man, Alvarez, Alvarez. picking up positions yeah. and you know being able to finish. Um, probably also Bilunga's best game. Uh, oh, yeah. For for yeah. for Manchester City, and as always, you know, the Bruyne. What can what more can we say about, oh, about yeah. him? And he seemed to have shaken off yeah, the, you know, all the issues that back yeah, into his group, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And Myers and Grealish were very very pivotal to the entire. In fact, probably Grealish also probably Grealish's best performance in the city. In fact, the interview after he was so confident and others. Everything's going to be fine. We are, we are, we're very much in the race, and we'll, we'll, we'll get the job done. So, um, Liverpool will look at themselves and say, "We need to have a very, very critical conversation." Actually, Virgil Van Dijk. Virgil Van Dijk. I've never liked. I've never liked that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, the theme for today's conversation is PR, right? <laughs> so yeah. let's get into it again. It's enjoy of PR, and you know, you know, you know the fascinating thing. His compatriots in his homeland, the Netherlands, they've been saying this. They've been saying this. Especially the OGs. They have been saying that this, this guy, you guys are married to this guy. <laughs> they've been but how does it, but, but wait, how does a footballer, like a proper footballer of that level, who almost won the Ballon d'Or? I'm ah, telling you. Thank God. Ah, Thank God for, for, for Messi's. Yeah, for Klaus Ballon d'Or. So that means Van Dijk has only given us two years? Yeah, only two big, years. Two big years? Two years. I, let me let me tell you the clear illustration of the PR has enjoyed. If you go and search on the internet, especially Twitter, there's a video compilation of a guy playing at Celtic. Mm. That video compilation, that person that did it deserves to rot in hell. <laughs> Wally, Celtic will play Barcelona. They lost 6-1 in that game. Mm. That compilation, if you watch that compilation, and you don't know the score, you you enter <laughs> you enter that hole of Van Dijk being the best since his life. If you watch that compilation, the first time I saw, it, I said, "Oh wait, Celtic lost this game six one. So who put this thing together like this? Mm. That's that compilation. 
if if anybody had won that compilation, I'm sure in that compilation that Liverpool won that said we have to buy this guy. <laughs> it's been terrible. Awful. And I think Club showed that he had the guts to drop him at some point. Mm. He did that you know, a few games ago. But I think the lack of fitness of Matip and Konate is what is giving him Gomez, the Gomez, Gomez just lost it. Yeah. yeah. If he can have Konate and Matip fit at the same time, I'm sure Club will but, drop but, him but, again. But, but, but with Van Dijk, maybe it's just one bad season. Well, there's no one bad season, though. It's not on bad season. This last season, because though, I said when, because team, when the team collectively is not playing well, yeah. the inadequacies of the individual starts yeah. becoming glaring. But and maybe that's what I've noticed this guy's whole since. He's always tried in his partners being the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. So his partners are the Pushes ones. Pushes them to the slaughter Yeah, then while he, he just, tries to, he just yeah. up. Yeah. Come on. He's all, we've seen this thing. And. And this is why this is why stats is one thing. That's why I, part of why I don't like this stats. When they first go at that start, nobody has dribble pass. I don't want to dribble pass up. When I'm up up walk, you go do. No now. You know, these are some of the issues. But seriously, Liverpool need to take if if Liverpool will continue with the club project. I think that's will. one of that's one of the questions. Aside that midfield problems. That's what he had into. Before the game, Klopp was talking about the fact that, say, hey, we realize in house that there's a rebuild that has to happen in the summer. But I don't think that that Van Dyke would battle that rebuild in terms of probably shipping our players. I think it stays. Probably getting someone who is more concerned. Probably Konate also gets fit, plays on a long run. Yeah. See, when Konate is fit, I think that these days, is making a run to become their best defender. Oh yes, yeah, no doubt, no when doubt. He, when his feet, when no he's up and running. When, when I last, I don't know last is when I picked him in my Premier League team. There's a lot of yeah. people say how many games he played. I said, look, it's not just about the number of games he played; it's the impact that had in that Liverpool defense from the get go. And I felt that on the strength of that, last season was probably one of the best defenders in the league. And I do think that the future of Liverpool depends on that guy's overall fitness. Yeah, I, I know I know Klopp also is wary of this. The chasm that has opened up, the gap that has opened up between them and, and they were yeah. supposed to be the new school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But suddenly since they won the Premier title, another gap seemed to have opened up. And how they intend to close it with their summer of recruitment, honestly I don't know. Because it looks like they are going from strength to strength. Exactly. Even this Arsenal Premier League, if they win it, you still have a feeling that uh, City should have won this title. You know, <laughs> you know. Not that don't deserve it, but you get a feeling that, see, because City started and we never knew Arsenal were going to do this. Yeah. It was always yeah. going to be City's title. So, how Liverpool intend to close this gap? It was always going to be, it was always supposed to be City, Liverpool, Liverpool then Spurs, because oh, of, no, Spurs, Spurs okay, because of Conte. You know, Spurs because of content. Well, I think the major content is supposed to sit in Yeah, it's supposed to sit in Liverpool. But, which, which is what I was telling somebody who was telling me, um, a friend of mine, Maiwa, he listens to Maiwa and he listens to the podcast. When he brought up the issue of Manchester United, that you know that this time last season Manchester United had 47 points, and right now Manchester United has 50 points. Yeah, just three points. Yeah. So I, Because I was about to go there, but you, you can wrap yeah. So I said, look, the, this is where also where I have issues with stats. 
the overall composition of the Premier League has suffered. Why? Because of the reshuffle at the top. Yeah. As Arsenal are in excellent form. So they blitz the rest of the composition that they've all had to go down and the whole table has more or less been rearranged. Yeah. Rearranged in what sense? You're having Brighton in the top six, Fulham at some point. Now Newcastle are in the top four. Mm. You have Leicester struggling, West Ham struggling. struggling. So these are teams that used to occupy the top, top eight. Ten, top yeah. eight yeah. And you have Liverpool and Chelsea you know, lower down, Chelsea are now eleventh for crying out loud. You know, so that in itself, that's why it's it's not easy or it's not acceptable to compare two seasons or two different seasons at the same time. Every season is different. Yeah, each game is different. But you are a United fan. Don't you think United have improved? I know them. See, they, they lost to Newcastle and it was it was a scratching loss. Considering where they were coming from, yeah. Considering that they beat this team in the cup final, but there's a general feeling among some United fans, like you just mentioned, we're just only three points better off. Our way from not necessarily as improved as we're against the top side. Yeah. Do you think they've really, really improved? I think United have improved. Yeah, I think so too. I think United have improved. And I'm not and suggesting it to start. I'm suggesting to the high test. Exactly. And considering some of the issues United have had to deal with. Coming into this season, during the course of the season, I think you guys have improved. You won your first trophy in six years. Call it what you like. Yeah. Team Cup, whatever. Bottom line is there's a trophy in the cabinet. First time in six years. Now, the team is broadening new talent, coming through in Palestri and Ganacho. Yeah. Team is scoring more goals. Defensively. Oh, hasn't scored since they won the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Defensively, maybe not yet at its best. And we've, we've also, if people that listen to the podcast will know that we've also stated that. That this guy, that's Ten Hag, hasn't gotten this team playing the way he wants, he wants them. Yes, yeah. yet. It's a transition. The team is actually transiting and playing more on the break. A lot of transition play, a lot of use of the pace that the team has. So I think the team has improved generally. However, there is obviously still work to be done for United to close the gap on the Arsenal's and the Manchester Cities. It makes it seem like they are far off Arsenal. They are. These are 12 points. If no, I'm, not, I'm not even looking at it from a point of the points. I'm looking at the level of the stage of the development in their, the, on, uh, in okay. the, in their progression, in, in that, their process. In that constitution, no. They are not too far. Yes. They are not too far. But they also say the table doesn't lie. See, I agree table doesn't lie. I'm only saying that if you compare both squads, both managers... Even even, I, even compared to City as well, if you look at it at some point... I think they're fast. No, no. If you look at it at some point, team for team, they are somewhere... The only difference, and I'll tell you, City are a more established team. They've been together longer. Uh, yeah. They have Haaland. Yeah. You know, you really don't have a proper striker. I mean, you, and, you mentioned about two, three yeah, factors yeah, so, there. So, so, but... In the times that they've gone head to head, you know, I've also shown that look, we can also take you on, right? Same way with Arsenal. Yes, the away from countries be a big issue. United right? consider six against City away from home, seven against Liverpool, three against Arsenal. Yeah. That's where the worry is. Two at Newcastle, too. Two at Newcastle. So that's and and also you need to understand that in this time frame that we are mentioning. Two critical elements in United Mutual sure have been unavailable. Casemiro, yeah. Ericsson. I mean, there's a, there's a gaping Casemiro hole. Yeah. I've seen, 
especially the Newcastle game. But we're recording this on a Monday afternoon, and Spurs play later tonight. Yeah, Everton. If they avoid defeats, they go they drop United to fifth. fifth. Yeah. But you still don't feel as a United fan that United are on the risk of missing out, Champions. I don't think. Sound confident, right? I I do you believe still United. Feel confident? Yeah, I still feel confident. Uh, I think this will be United play Brentford on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And that will be. I think that should be the last game Casemiro will miss. And I think that's the gate, the outstanding game United have. Yes, and then we play Everton at the weekend. So still looks good. But United still has Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Depending on which Chelsea we are <laughs> going to get. <laughs> New manager bounces is a real thing. Now manager they could get. Okay, but at the time, you don't really don't know what you're going to get. Is there anything that just has pause away? That might just be the yeah. another another massive yeah. Uh, yeah. battle for that storyline yeah. for the season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's like a top four. Still, it, it looks like it's still really gonna be. It reminds a, me of Spurs Arsenal last season. <laughs> that also served as the clincher too. Oh yes. So yeah. um there's still a lot to play for. There's still a lot to play for. Newcastle are back in play, right? Oh, definitely back in play. Definitely. Um but then, at the same time, a lot, and people need to understand this, a lot about what Newcastle has done this season has depended on what they've done at home. They've only lost once at they've home. They've made St. James's Park a, a fortress. fortress. Yeah. Liverpool are the only team to have done a note. And that was a fortress circumstances. Yes, because yeah. they're, they're going to be about sent yes, off. it was a fortress circumstances. City couldn't even win there. 3-3. Yeah. So, so that's, yes. I mean, Arsenal are going to win the title or want to win the title. They, they need to go to, go to Newcastle and win. They have to go there. Yeah. So it's, there's still a lot of subplots sub mm, yeah. involved in the run for the title. But let's talk about um, Arsenal. Routine win for them against Leeds. Yes. Although, although, first although, yeah, was a I, bit. I thought the, the first goal, the penalty, came against run of play. Leeds were creating some oh, so chances. That penalty, Wally. Yeah. Mm. What's the problem? Uh, That's the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I checked it. Ah, don't worry. I do know. That's a stonewall penalty. Let's go. Now let's talk about Arsenal and um, their routine forward over Leeds United. Although, you know, it didn't come that easy, especially in the yeah, opening stages. Yeah, first 30 minutes was a bit. Leeds were all over them, creating decent chances. And Ramsdale, you know, you know kept some, them yeah. at bay before the goals opened. Let's start with Gabriel Jesus. Two goals on his return. Um, his longest drought, I think, spanned about four, 14 games. Although I find that stat very, <laughs> very weird. Why? Because the counted number of games was out because of injury, you know. So I don't think that counts as a drought. No, that doesn't count as a you drought. You know, so that, that, this is the manipulation that they do with the stats. I tell you, this is the manipulation they do with the stats. But his return has been timed really well. Oh yes, yeah. very timely. Uh, time, timely in the sense that when Inkita, Inkita seems to have gone off the boil, then got injured too. He got injured. Uh, they were trying to make do with the player playing Trossard or Gabriel Martinelli uh, as part of the front three. And somehow he's just coming right on time. And he's just, you know, more or less continued from where he left off. And but do you Arsenal know who's, 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 who's present has been timely for Arsenal? Mm. I don't think it's Jesus. I think it's Trossard. Trossard played in another, for another position because Saka didn't start. You know, <laughs> It's, it's only Kenny be as more assists than trust of the season. It's, it's it's interesting how how the tide can change. Yeah, from one missed transfer target to I think probably let, let, let me let me let me create a context here or a scenario here. This is probably the the, the biggest transfer hit miss hit miss 
that's happened in the Premier League since when Manchester United did not sign or did not conclude John B. Mitchell and signed Michael Carrick instead. Mm. I think Arsenal not finished getting moving and signing Trossard, I think it's about the same thing. Because his impact, is, it's like he's been playing with Arsenal all this while. Mm. His contribution, goal contribution, assist, overall industry and energy that is born to the team, the experience is born to the team. And that's why sometimes, even though you always say, workers players, especially where they play, they get the job done. Mm. But knowing the league is also quite an important ingredient in slotting into anything that you find. So, Trusted has been a huge addition, probably the best January transfer of the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But do you agree, Guy Neville? That still doesn't believe Arsenal in the title. Well, you see, but it gives a, it gives a, a caveat. Arsenal go to Anfield, get all three points. Then it's a different. Then it's a different conversation. Why? Okay, so this is it. If you look at the table, yeah, it's still eight points. It's a, eight points. And City have a game in hand. Game in hand. Now you go to Arsenal go to Anfield on Saturday. Yeah. And, and City play their game in hand this midweek too. Yeah, they play. <coughs> who is it that they play? They play Southampton on oh. Tuesday, I think. So if they win that, that takes it to five. Five. Points. Yeah. Now when you go to the weekend, if Arsenal win against Liverpool, that takes it back to eight points. If City win there, whoever it's, I, I can't remember who City City, City have um, a very easy run of games till April 20, whatever. Even they have an easier run in the Arsenal on paper. Paper, yeah. But you rather know that you know this paper has been turned you me? several it is times. Easier. You know why? Arsenal go to Newcastle, Arsenal go to West Ham, Liverpool. Arsenal go to Liverpool, Arsenal go to Chelsea. They go to Chelsea or Chelsea come to them. Whoever it is, they play Chelsea. But I just feel like, why see, don't you back us all the way? Why, why does he have to... No, the, see, it's very important, you see, because whilst all eyes will be on the... Uh, is it April 28th or, or is it April 29th? April 26th. Okay, April 26th. While all eyes will be on that, the games before that time. And it's not just for Arsenal, even for City. So let's look at it from this perspective. The league, let's say the league goes back to five points by midweek if, if City win their game by the time they play at the weekend if Arsenal lose to Liverpool and City win whatever it is they play wait <laughs> now they leave with what they leave with two points mm. right by the time they play City City might just be a point ahead ok now let's take a look at the fixtures for match day 30 mm. of 38 United lead the way with Everton. Early kickoff. Early kickoff. Now, on Saturday, City play Southampton as Sunday. Okay, so but City don't have a game midweek. City don't have a game midweek. I'm and looking so, at the weekend fixtures. No, look at the game okay. they have midweek first. Oh, midweek first. Um, City have got. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, by the way, City are not playing midweek. Aha. Yeah. Okay. So City don't play midweek. Okay, so let's just uh, stick at the weekend. Yeah, so from the weekend, but crucially, City play first before Arsenal. Yes. Definitely, Arsenal Liverpool is Super Sunday. Yes. Yeah, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Hanfield. So City win, That's lead five goes points. to five points. Five points. It puts a bit of pressure on Arsenal. back on Arsenal. Yeah. But time and again this season, 
but they, they will work their ass off. Yeah, yeah, they work yeah. their ass off. So I think that's I think that's a clincher for Arsenal. But just like Newcastle used the emotion of losing the Capital World Cup final to Newcastle to against United, United. like Luke Shaw said, all he saw wasn't Newcastle being better than them. It was a passion. Yeah, more determined, more so energy. Can that determination drive Arsenal? Like, hey, this guy's denied us Champions League football. Yeah. Can we take that determination to St James's Park and get on three points or avoid defeat? Left to be seen. Hmm. But do you think the season has gotten to where? Especially for ta- ta- to fight for title, you have to win every game. You can't win every game. You have to. But you can't win every game. You have to. This is where you say <laughs> that talk of you need to go on a run. Now, see that? Is this seven straight four? wins? I mean, oh, first, win? first, 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 yeah. Guess what? It's the first time this city are doing that. that. Yeah. So now this is the time. All that, all that has happened in the past, those losses against Brentford, Dragons, Everton, forget about it. Restart your engines. In the words of Alex, quickie bump time. Then back to us. I think it's very important, very, very important that ahead of April 26, they keep that five point gap. Very key. That's what I'm telling very, you. Very, very, very important. Very important. See, because the rule of thumb suggests that City will be that so. Because see, what I've learned with City is that. If they want to take it to the next level, they can. They can easily. They can and that's without the any assistance, no, no, if they want to switch yeah. it up, they can easily. No, the quality and is clear. They will do uh. that against Arsenal. I think they will beat Arsenal, but it's very crucial. Arsenal keep their five point gap, if, or if possible, increase it. If Arsenal are five points clear by the time they play City, yeah, whatever the result of that game, even if City win, I think. It's good. The title is done. Arsenal win. But if this point, if it's two points, oh, yeah. and City win, that City goes one point. That's, that's, it. that's all over. That's it's all over. That's it. it's, it's all over. So those the events leading to that day. Yeah. Very important. All right. Um, that does it with us. So um, one more thing from the Premier League before um, we wrap up with um, this weekend's action. West Ham winning that. Very good. Massive three points. <laughs> I'm leaping yeah. all the way to is it 12th or 14th? That's what the table does to you. That. It's, like, it's like the IPF. <laughs> you win a game and you can find yourself oh in the top. Oh my half. god. You lose a game, you can be down back in the trenches. As I was like, what is this? Ah, no, 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 no. It's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting relegation battle. Very interesting. And I fear the next casualty, manager wise, might be David Moyes. If things don't improve, but I'm not sure the I think Moyes continues to get something that Rogers also I got think a lot of time. Moyes, Moyes problem. Yeah. Should have considered that conference a long time ago. And just faced the champion. Face mm. permanent. They are still in the conference. You have just considered that conference and said, I'm washing my hand on this. We can't even win it yeah. in the first Leave it. Face the permanent. Because in terms of Attacking options, they brought in Danny Ings, Skamaka, Mikel Antonio. Yeah. You know, so it's just prioritized. There's a point you get to the left chair and do. Let's prioritize. That's that's what you have done. But they are still very much out of the question at the moment. We have to wait and see what happens with the next few. Alright, that's all the Premier League. Let's hit Spain next and um Real. Is there anything to talk about in that screen? Yeah, put and six pass. Barca uh, finished three well taken goals. This is goals. Oh yes. Ah? Yeah. And, and it's just like his return to. He sent the message now. Oh send yeah. The message. Send the message back. to those who sacked their manager. Yeah. And also the classical coming up this week. Yeah, 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 yes, I'm back. Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, that thing is done. But, but what, what has been dominating the Real Madrid space or the space out of this game has been the future of their manager? Yeah. Who also considered that he's received an offer from Brazil? And it's a very tempting offer. It's a tempting offer. But now, do you think managers like Calanchelotti are caught for international football? This is it. I think he is because of his temperament, because of his personality. Uh, he's a laid-back type manager. He's not the type that backs instructions. Mm. He's a laid-back guy. So I think international football would be his route to retirement. Yeah, and I think that is probably why he probably consider it. And it's Brazil. I'm not sure there's any human being this <laughs> Even if I be, you can't go wrong with Brazil, can you? Can't, you know. And some of the players have even also come out to say, "Ah, this is the country we want to give us." Mm. Ah, oh yeah, Baba, we are waiting for yeah. you. You know, and for him, that is the next phase. That's the only place he hasn't conquered international football. And you look at the likes of uh, Arigosaki, who got to the final of the World Cup, lost. Asenolipi, who crowned. Italy by being, you know, winning the work and, and tell himself that with this Brazil I'm looking at, it's a very tempting offer. I should be able to win the World uh, Cup. And, and interestingly, he would have also sampled what's happening in Brazil with the football public. And for the first time, they seem receptive to. To get to the foreign manager. The manager. I, I so everything looks yeah. set. Yeah. And he's the type of manager that will come in, who ruffle feathers, say, What do you people have? Okay. Oh, this is what you have. Okay. I don't plug you my chat. Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> you play for you play for Real Madrid. But Trigo, you also play for Real Madrid. Plug and play. I'm telling you. So it's just very straightforward. So yeah. I think it would be a fantastic fit for it. Um, and like I said, it's probably his potential route to retirement. Now, but I just don't like what they do at Real Madrid. That the manager's future is always up in the air at the end of almost every season. At the big club, you don't have uh, no, that you don't have that luxury. That one has <laughs> that and and guess what? That has kept just like Chelsea under Roma, it's kept them being successful. Yes, but I'm saying so. No even that, when even when the manager is on the path to success, they, mean, they don't care. The fire goes in there. Yes, which of the managers won the title with them? That's it now. No, they all won Champions League. Ah, but the boss is the fire team. That is the what they think makes them a ruthless yes, yeah. and the ingredient of being a big club, the ruthlessness. You know. But but check this out at Barcelona. Borifati, that's the father of Asifati. Yeah, it came out. Goes right. to the media, <laughs> throws it out that hey, if you don't start playing my son, I'm ready to even take him to Zegunda B if Sevilla <laughs> relegates. <laughs> but even consider Sevilla. And the next match day, he starts. It starts and scores. Scores though. <laughs> good goal. He's a good player, but I don't think he's end his place in Xavi's starting eleven. Another PR, beneficiary of good PR. At the time, it was breaking out of La Masia. It was a good story for the La Masia that was suffering at mm. the time in terms of the production line being, you know, not producing as much, and. Barcelona needed a hero, you know, someone to still spin their story because Messi was on his way out. That's why they gave him number 10. 
And it seemed like it was a perfect, perfect product for them to start selling. But unfortunately, injuries haven't been failed. Yeah. The young man he's lost form, he's retired. And like the father also has a point by saying that, hey, when this boy was injured, you could play, play him through the pain barrier. He was playing injured. Now his feet, you are not playing him. Come on. You know, and, and like we said for Xavi, he looked at this team. I'm 12 points clear. I beg. I'm not ready to damage anything. Yes, sir. More just they go as they go. I want to win this title fair and square. Nobody should come and disturb the balance that I have in my team. And I think that's what happened. But good enough that sometimes for players, when issues like this come up, it's your responsibility to go out there, not just take a clean, but grab it. And it's done just that at the weekend. I, I'm returning for them. They were never going to. Elche are done. I don't the league. Elche are 13 points away from safety. So. And I have a really good stadium. I was looking at the game, you know, they gave us that the drone game. shot. Uh, I was like, wow. Let me, let me shock you, Elche, too. Elche, I've had six managers this season. Six managers. Yeah. And nothing, nothing has to change. But, but, but La Liga still, I like the battle for top four. I like the way Atletico Madrid have picked four. Oh, yes. I think Sibiris is going to do one more year. There's, there's this feel good. Yeah, there's this feeling yeah. that... They're enjoying themselves and you get a feel there's one more season left in Simeone. Yeah, I think so too. But, yeah, so too. but Real Sociedad have picked the wrong time to lose four. Sociedad in January, you hear me? Ah. We're 10 points out of Real Betis. Now, it's three. <laughs> it's three points. Talk about... Wrong timing. So, so that should have been like third spot, third, third place. Confirmed. Lock it in. Yeah. Lock it in. Leave Betis and Atletico be fighting for fourth. Now Viana are even in the mix. Yeah. Despite losing Naemri, a loss of form at some point after Setien are taking over. No, but Sociedad will always, you know. Sociedad are like are like Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. They won one of their last six, and that one's F was against Elche. Who doesn't beat Elche? <laughs> doesn't yeah. All right, too bad. I hope they, I, I, it's one of the teams I want to see do well, make top four. I'm rooting for them and, and Newcastle, by the way. And you know that there's a link between both of them, Alexander Isak. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Then I'd like to also see maybe some some reward for this guy who got injured with his first game or second game. Oh, Umar guy, Umar Sadi. Yeah. 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 And a big shout out to Sadiq. I hope he's mending really well. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, that was very, very Football can be very cruel. Yeah, it can be very cruel. can be very cruel. Um, speaking of Bobby Crow, he just reminds me of this player. I think came back from ACL, his right knee. Came back, I think, two matches of the match. Came, went down again with his left. Zaniolo. Uh, he's been very, very unlucky with injuries. Yeah, but and I think now, he's back. And now they've kicked him out of Roma. They, <laughs> he wanted to leave. Yeah. They said he got an offer from uh, where? No, Bournemouth. Bournemouth no, wanted to no, sign no, it. No, no, no. Bournemouth said he said he wanted to go to Bournemouth. Yeah. Then an offer came from was it AC Milan? Yeah, yeah, AC Milan. But you know how they do for AC Milan. Now structured transaction. They can't bring Bournemouth. Who wants to go to Bournemouth? No, no, no. There's no right to person. Was going to take that Milan deal when Bournemouth were ready to pay. And Bournemouth was supposed to was going to pay yeah, money. A lot of money. He was also going to get a huge salary, but maybe but, the boy just looked at Bournemouth. Like, Bournemouth came. 
I'm sorry, education. Yeah. But Milan has structured deal. You know the, the, the way they do for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Milan will definitely not give you all of it. Roma says, Where the money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the money do? Uh, all right, um, real quick. Now let's talk about my boys, Zopmond. Please don't talk about it. Yeah. For the first oh, 13 minutes. First 13 minutes. First 13 minutes. They were absolutely mesmerizing. They played some good stuff. I mean, by were hanging on for their lives until that unfortunate <laughs> angular point. Well, and that was a self destruct button they pressed and they just invited Ban to have them for this. If that man want to be in the conversation, hmm? you need to add some pace to that, that defense. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, can, you have some things you can't control. Can you control an ongo? Let's call an ongo. I know Bayern, when Bayern smell blood, it's all over. <laughs> and the time by Dortmund started trying to rescue the game. They scored four. They scored four goals. The two goals, Bayern were never at risk. Yeah, never at risk. But it was a perfect game from, from, for Bayern. Played 4-1-4-1, five, four, one, four, one, five attackers. Went back to five. four. Went back to back four. Yeah. Went back to back four. Critically went back to back four. But I was also at the point that I was playing back, back four too. So yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like... He didn't do that too. Mm, but we do know that this guy had the crazy battery. Mm. Uh, but it was a good performance for Bayern. Overall performance was good for Bayern. And, uh, it was also good to see Thomas Muller now, you know, yeah. being <coughs> involved and being, you know, uh, the architect of that victory. But for Dortmund, they would be looking at themselves and saying, look, can we still be in this race with the fact that Bayern has stolen the match on us? Uh, Bayern had the distraction of the Champions League. Yeah, also had the distraction of the Cup too. The they play Freiburg ah, midweek. And yeah. I, think, I think that, all due respect to Dortmund, I'm not sure they offered a stem test to Bayern. No, they didn't. So maybe Freiburg will do. Because Freiburg are also in a good place, in good form domestically. Well, new manager bounce. <laughs> new manager bounce, they get too. Forget about the fact that Bayern are doing well. He's a new manager. He wants to prove himself. Yeah. So then, ah, this job, thank you for giving me this job. I will show you people that, yes, you have got to me a and long time. Bayern go to Mainz, Bayern go to Leipzig. I think they simply Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, maybe there might be a small leeway for... There will be those people. We will be Bayern. But I'm still putting my money on Dortmund to win the league. Okay. That way, uh, I think Dortmund will do it. Uh, uh. You know, but my, my whole start about last night they won the league. <laughs> that was good. Out of the window. Out of the window. <laughs> In the quarter. <laughs> Almost, I just because I saw the first the opening minute, I saw the first until the young goal. Check my life score up again. Three. <laughs> just like that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Bayern Express. Ah. But honestly, I think that they struggled with Thomas Tuchel, who once again is benefiting from chance. the hard work of others. Oh yes, yeah, so he will most likely leave the beat City. Most likely, maybe the Bundesliga too. But he's ripping off the work of Nilsman. But that's the life of a manager too. That's, li- yeah. See, that's life. I tell you, some people, even in my banking industry, eh, their life today, what they're enjoying today, I don't know if, if they listen to this podcast, the life they're enjoying today <laughs> is, is the work of somebody <laughs> else. That's <laughs> <laughs> Hey! Um, hope you're keeping tabs on Bale because. Under Alonso. I like the work he's doing. Yeah. Um, started well, struggled a little bit, picked things up, put himself in the window for Real Madrid, maybe. 
Um, then crucial is, is is important players have returned from injury oh, and yeah. are good for yeah. for That's the baby advert. It's built like Avats. Oh yes. Yeah, you know, slim. Also, false nine. Blah blah blah. Jamie has struggled. Jamie, you know, Jamie has a good uh, production factory. Oh, they do. They do. They do. They good. spend some. They invest some good money there, and, and they will definitely continue to reap, uh, reap the benefits. Uh, what I did like was uh, yesterday's new new draw. Uh, what's this? Uh, people's name. Uh, ah, Colonna Montreal back. Oh, that should have been a yeah, goals game. Yeah, at least go go. Provided Bremen and Offenheim was also also to produce goals. So yeah, they did want to. Let go yeah. from from Bremen. Yeah. Made two one. But back to buy. What's up with Jack Cancelo? <sighs> you know, because Cancelo leaves City because he's not playing games. And now comes to Bayern. Goes to Bayern, and the previous manager. Started him, started him yeah. then realized that see this guy in an offensive uh, setup, it's going to be a problem for me. But in a defensive setup, oh, this guy is going to be a liability. That's why you just have to pick your battles. You need to learn to pick your battles. Um, whatever it is that happened between him and Pep, you know, I think he could have handled better because. But then you know, sometimes they say when these things happen to you, a change of environment mm. might just be good. Change of environment doesn't seem to be good at this point. Uh, but we have to see what uh, Tuchel is going to make out of it. First game, let's see what happens uh, in subsequent, subsequent game. But he remains a very, very useful member of that squad. Whenever it is decided to call on him. Now, let's talk about um, PSG and France. It was as if Messi had a premonition. <laughs> That's... That that day against Lyon, that night was going to be a bad night. Because... When they were reading out his name, I don't know, for strange reasons, they were booing him. When the game was about to start, when they read out his name, the fans booed him. Uh, I mean, how do you go from the height of adulation from the Argentina, Curaçao and whatever games, <laughs> and you come down to being booed? And he proceeds to give his worst performance in the PSG shirt. Even Mbappe too was, was terrible. Messi lost the ball 26 times. Ties. Mbappe lost it 21 times. It was a so bad the, performance the, from... The two, the biggest, the two biggest players will still have the kind oh, of yeah, performance. Oh yeah, there's no way. The only way is now. Stop, you now you're playing against a manager who has a very good record against you, Laurent uh, mm-hmm. Blanc. Yeah, Blanc in seven has beaten PSG in five. And this is a Lyon that you know, ordinarily will struggle. Yeah, I mean, Lyon lost the penalty. That's how mm. bad PSG were. Like I said, lost the penalty. No, no, I, I, I was surprised, and you know, for those of us that bet, we were expecting goals. Mm. I just go oh, zero one. But is there a way back in for for Marseille? I, I think it's Lawrence we should be looking at. <sighs> Lawrence Openda is scoring every week, really. Oh, yeah, and and they go over to runs to get all three points. Yeah, but they they're still third. S- they, no. Lens are second. Lens are second now. Yeah, yeah. Lens are, are second. Six points. Uh, Marseille dropped to third. Uh, we're thinking that I remember on on Sports Express, the gentleman was saying, "Well, the gap is seven points in front. We think that is done and dusted." Oh, but this morning we said, oh, "But we don't think it's done and dusted anymore." With the way Lens are playing, Luis Openda scoring week in week out, and the way uh, PSG continue faltering. Guess mm. what? PSG play Lens. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes, will play Who writes the script? 
Yeah. 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 Ordinarily, while remember Lance and Marseille are just separated by goals difference. Yeah, both but, are on sixty but points. While it, ordinarily, ordinarily, when PSG get knocked out for the Champions League, the way they run at the title, yeah, just, that last stretch, yeah, yeah, just blitz. But this yeah. is totally, totally unusual. This is not them, and I don't know why. And of course, we said it. Gatti is is almost going to leave. I'm surprised they haven't sacked I'm, him. Yeah, Maybe we should check our <laughs> some websites if they've sacked him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised PSG haven't sacked Christophe Galtier. I guess just for, look, let's just sort this guy. Let him win the league he wants to win for, and we will sort ourselves. But then you now ask yourself, what direction would they now go in terms of managers? All right, we have to wrap up real quick. But this podcast is not complete without talking about. How Napoli lost. Oh my god. <laughs> in very, very strange fashion. So it's in Naples. Now, there was no seamen for this game. Yeah. That's not why they lost. No, they didn't lose because they didn't have No, they didn't lose because it was a perfect Milan performance. They played the perfect game back to front. They switched back to four at the back. Uh Benacia, excellent all true. Excellent. Nothing Zilinski or Lobotka will damage it. You know, I think Benassa is is the continent's number one most technical midfielder. Oh yes, I, I agree with that. Former Arsenal player. Yeah, we didn't chances. <laughs> but you know, and, and then you also need to. I, I think it was generally a really good performance. Krunic uh, was another one that had a very good performance in midfield as well. They switched Brimey to the right, and he had a stormer of the game. And I think, critically, I think Giroud's role in that team, in that match, you know, dropping deep a lot, creating space for Rafaelio to run into, was the difference. And but did you see Salamakas go? I was like, Kwicha Karaskela go, right? Kwicha will be proud. Kwicha will be very much proud. Do you think that they could bring someone like Salamaka on and he now... And I was happy for Salamaka because he's struggled to find his feet oh, so since he joined Milan. Since his first goal. All these Milan fans that I know have always had the team for the guy. Mm. It was and it was a good, good response. And Rafael Leao was also a good opportunity for him to stick his feet. But, but yeah, I don't think this win for Milan was about the league. He was striking well, that no. blow out of the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, I'm also taking that look. You are going to win the league, oh, yeah. but now you'll be defending champion. We are still the we are the real McCoy. Just take note. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in the first league. What kind of game we get in that first league? And, 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 and the peculiarities, I've used that word about five times this point mm. this episode, is that the Champions League is different. Oh, it's different. Milan they know their way they, around. No, no, yeah. no, Milan are the most European team yeah. in Italy. They're probably regretting. They're they well no, no. in Europe. They know so the, Napoli have to be very, very careful, careful and no. wary. Because, I mean, apart from the fact that the, the Milano, if you strike a blow on your opponent, you are still going to play twice. You beat them 4 0 hmm. on, on, on their own turf. It does something to the psyche. Oh, yes. By the way, I found the manager for PSG. Hmm. We are still. <laughs> Speak of making the step up. I beg. <laughs> that will pass up. <laughs> 
They went over to Nantes to win 3 0 again. Wally. He took them from 16th. Guess what they are? Wally. They're 7th. Wally. Wally. That's set for boy. Those sets of like the set well, of the quarter. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, Papa, the club is managed his profile that's right. Is not, I paid 25,000 euros for not, every match he manages. It's not the right profile. Because you don't have the license. It's not the right profile. Now, there you go again. That's not profile. It's not the right profile now. Because it's not, it's not, PR, it's not big enough. Yes! It's not big enough. Uh-uh. Hmm. You need to earn that position. You so he has not earned it. He has earned it. But you just told me that Falan Balogu is ripe for a big club in England. Hmm. I, just, I said he's ripe to come back to us. So is also not a big club? As second striker or third striker now. <laughs> not as Falan is still on 17 goals. Oh, right? yes. Only two players have scored more than me. Uh, Dave, uh, Jonathan David and Mbappe. Alright, we have to wrap up. We have to wrap up quickly. Yeah. Top four race in, in Italy also looking really good. I think Lazio have sealed it, but there's Walla. Ah, ah. You know that Walla. Okay. April 19 is yeah. a very crucial date for Italian for Juventus. The appeal will be held. If that <laughs> appeal goes in their favour, Juventus goes straight up to second. Second, straight. <laughs> and the fact that they've been even despite they stayed the close, they've stayed in the picture. Is massive credit to Allegri and, and Juventus. Yeah, massive yeah. credit. Yeah, remember before they lost to Napoli in that game that they were white washed. They had gone eight. I think they had eight straight wins or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it was Napoli so just sending that, that critical, uh, yeah. critical run of games for them. And also, they've also still stayed in the equation. All these ones, the ones, the ones, they just found a way to just show that. Alongside Barcelona, they had the team with yeah, the most one the most Yeah. Second, uh, third is Atletico Madrid. Who also have who was one, one, one nil? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think Atletico have seven one nils. Barcelona and Juventus have about, about nine. Um, Juventus are forty-four points, yeah. just six points, points behind at, Inter, yeah. who have slipped badly, right? Ah, yeah, they lost to at home to Fiorentina. I guess who did the job for for Fiorentina? Jacob Ventura, uh, Bonaventura. Those are a huge, huge favor. <laughs> Interesting script. Yeah. But I like Lazio. Lazio are defensively sound. They don't concede goals like before. But they're not consistent. Yeah, I mean, they've built a good draw now. Lazio are not they're looking bad. A good run, but Lazio are second. Wally, after the victory How against Napoli. How many teams Napoli, go to Monza to win? Wait now. After the victory against Napoli, they lost. They went on like a run of three or four games to start a win. Then now they picked it up again. So that is that consistency. There's a difference between them and that. Anyways, the second and um, that's that's also youth credit for Maurice Sorry, it's got them playing some fine stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, teams always play good football. It's just that consistency that seems to be the problem. All right, we have to go. We have to go. Thank you very much, guys. Um, thank you, thank journey. you. So please, as usual, help us share, subscribe, listen, subscribe. Listen. Rate and rate the podcast. Yeah. By the way, um, on Thursday we're live on radio. Oh yes. Yeah. Sports Nigeria night. Info. Sports night. Nigeria info ninety nine point three. So you can join yours truly and Yemi on, on on that. Nine pm to ten pm. One all. Yeah. So you can in third Milan traffic. Just uh, tune in. What time will it be in, in the US then? Probably for our US listeners. Uh, so-